Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it! Breaking away, Garrett Wilson! Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. Thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And my goodness, what an incredible opener for the Jets to their 2023 regular season. Everything that you could have ever imagined would happen in this game, positively and negatively, did. The Jets somehow wind up winning this one 22-16, and we're going to tell the story of that victory. It occurred in overtime with our friend who covers the Jets as the editor of JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. Glenn, we'll get into the nuts and bolts. But there's really only one word you can say after watching this game. Wow. Yeah, I mean, talk about a you know, talk about a bittersweet game. You know, I mean, thrilling. One of the more exciting games you'll ever see. Kind of reminded me of the um, the Chad Morton overtime kick return for a touchdown so many years ago, and just you just wish that it didn't come with the caveat. Oh, by the way, you also lost Aaron Rodgers. Indeed, the Jets did lose Aaron Rodgers, and it's not entirely confirmed that it's for the year, but it sure looks that way. Robert Salas spoke about it after the game, and we'll get to that. It was four minutes into the game. Aaron Rodgers, who had only thrown one pass to that point, goes down. The fear is that it's an Achilles, and the entire crowd just went silent. It was crazy because, Glenn, this was as loud as I've heard the building since MetLife opened. As loud as you could imagine. Everybody was losing their minds. And then when Rodgers went down, it was like a certain energy came out of the stadium. And I said at the time, I wonder if this is going to sap all the energy, not just out of the crowd, but out of the team. To the credit of the fans, they didn't boo or anything like that. They got behind Wilson the best they could. 
And the truth of the matter is, Wilson got off to a rough start. He didn't do anything terrible other than the one interception. He just didn't do a lot. And Glenn, the way you described it before we started recording was, the defense was playing well, so Salah probably said to Hackett, just make sure this kid doesn't lose it for us. But the problem, of course, as you know, is when you play not to lose, oftentimes it backfires on you. And at some point, you come to that fork in the road where plays have to be made and a big-time drive has to happen if you're going to take that game, no matter how good your defense is and no matter how well you've kept the game in check to that point. And the interesting thing about this, Glenn, is that at halftime, the Bills led 13-3. to You looked at it and you said, okay, the Jets have done a reasonably good job of containing Josh Allen to this point. But Aaron Rodgers is gone. He was the entire offseason plan. We joked about this. The Jets didn't make a ton of offseason improvements other than Aaron Rodgers. The entire theory seemed to be Aaron Rodgers will fix it. They felt like they had a team that was ready to do something if they had somebody really good at quarterback or even great at quarterback. And so bringing in Aaron Rodgers, they felt like it was going to do for them something similar to what Peyton Manning did for the Broncos and what Tom Brady did for the Bucks, not even necessarily meaning win a Super Bowl, but bring that team to the next level of contention. And with Rodgers gone and them knowing he wasn't going to come back into this particular game before they found out anything else, it did take a lot of the air out of the crowd, as I said, but it didn't take a lot of the air out of the team because they were down 13-3, but the defense was still battling really hard. And the offense had its moments, mostly on the ground. Brees Hall was unbelievable in this game, Glenn. He looked like a guy who had never been hurt. He was as explosive as ever. And honestly, he looks like if he stays healthy over the next couple of years, knock on wood, he could be not just one of the best running backs in the NFL, but one of the most dominant offensive players in the NFL, period, if he keeps this up. Tremendous performance, 10 carries, 127 yards, and then one catch for 20 yards as well. Dalvin Cook was interesting because... I thought he did better than he actually did. I looked at the box score afterwards, and it confused me. I saw 13 carries, 33 yards. I guess he had three catches for 26 yards, so maybe that is what helped my perception along that he played better than he actually did. But the Jets relied on that a lot. And as we said before, the strategy was don't make mistakes, don't make mistakes. And I tweeted out at halftime, it's 13-3. I know everybody's bummed about Rodgers, but this game is still on the table. The Jets are going to get the ball to start the second half. They have to go out there and try their best to win this thing. Just feed Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook and see what happens. And so that's essentially what they did for most of the way. It got to the point where, like I said, there's a fork in the road. Big plays have to happen. A drive has to happen. And the Jets have to find a way to take this thing if they really want it. Last year, we saw what happened against New England. The Jets had a 1,000 opportunities to win that game. They squandered all of them. If Zach Wilson would have just stepped up once in that game, the Jets would have won. Instead, they ended up getting a loss on a day when they should have gotten a win. The difference this time is that Zach Wilson, when he absolutely had to step up and make plays, he did, and he did in a big way. The turning point of this game, and I knew it at the time. In fact, I said sitting in my seat at the stadium that if the Jets score on this particular drive and tie it up and go on to win the game, this would be the play that turned things around, and it was. Zach Wilson was in the process of falling down, getting knocked down, would have been sacked. He saw an open Alan Lazard and just lightly tossed it to him, was able to get it off. Lazard, who was wide open, grabbed it, 
He already was there for a first down, ran forward, was able to get a bunch of yards, and then that drive continued, and it ended when Zach Wilson threw a touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson in the end zone. Now, a lot of people look at that and say it really wasn't that great of a pass. Yes, you're right. wasn't that great of a pass. Garrett Wilson, incredible catch. But what Zach Wilson did there was recognize he had a mismatch. Garrett Wilson was one-on-one, and Garrett Wilson is clearly the superior talent to who was covering him. So in that case, what a smart quarterback does is puts the ball up there in the one-on-one and trusts his superstar receiver to make a play. And that's what Garrett Wilson did. Now, like I said, in the first half, Zach Wilson had a very bad interception. Matt Milano able to come away with the ball. But in the second half, and particularly in the fourth quarter, you saw the confidence level rise. And when he needed to make those plays, he stepped up and made those plays. And so if I were to tell you, Glenn, that the Jets were going to need Zach Wilson to step up in a big way in this game, that the Jets were going to need Brees Hall, not far removed from a major injury to step up in this game to get the win, you would have said, that's insane. But you also would have said it's insane if I would have told you that the Jets were going to force Josh Allen into four turnovers, and three of them were going to be courtesy of Jordan Whitehead, who, by the way, now has four interceptions in his last two games at MetLife Stadium against Josh Allen. He straight up owns Josh Allen. I joked on Twitter that the Bills would go 0-17 if the Jets could loan Jordan Whitehead out every week to the Bills' opponents. Just completely has Josh Allen's number. And so Jordan Whitehead, big hero in this game, able to consistently keep the Bills from doing anything and hand the ball back to the Jets. But also Xavier Gibson. So the Jets were able to go up 16-13 late in the fourth quarter after a fumble by Josh Allen that was caused by Michael Clemens and recovered by Quinn and Williams. The Jets are able to get that field goal, go up 16-13, and then the Bills drive down the field. At one point, it looked like they were dead ducks after an offensive pass interference was called against them. At first, you thought it might have been called on Sauce, but it was on the receiver who was pushing off on Sauce. And so the Bills are able to get that field goal at the very end. And now you're thinking to yourself, are the Bills going to come back and snatch this one? But the Bills get the ball to start overtime. They go three and out, and they punt it away to Xavier Gibson. And Glenn, we know what Xavier Gibson is capable of as a punt returner. We saw it in the preseason, and we saw his speed on display. I had said if Gibson could just get the Jets to the 50-yard line, they would be sitting pretty and they would have a very good opportunity to get into field goal range. Well, Xavier Gibson did them one better. He not only got into field goal range, he took it all the way to the house for the game-winning touchdown. Crowd went absolutely crazy, and everybody went home happy. So we'll talk about more of the nuts and bolts of certain player performances and the fact that the Jets might have won the battle and lost the war in this game. But Glenn, the overall story of this one, you could not have written a crazier start to finish. Losing Aaron Rodgers... Zach Wilson coming in early in the game, throwing that pick, having the crowd a little deflated. The Jets, with every reason imaginable to quit multiple times, not quitting. Jordan Whitehead constantly turning over Josh Allen, the defense, turning the Bills back time after time. And Zach Wilson, unlike so many times last year and even his rookie year, when asked to do what had to be done to get the Jets into position to potentially win this game, and in this case, to tie it and put them in position to potentially win this game, he was able to do it. So that's really the story of this game, on top of, of course, the fact that in overtime, the big hero was the undrafted free agent, Xavier Gibson. Just an absolute wild start to finish, and I don't think you could have scripted anything crazier. Yeah, it really was in so many ways. I mean, like you said, for Zach to come in and 
and make some plays. And, and you know, I, I said earlier, I did a quick recap for JetNation.com, and I said that, you know, it, it was all short stuff for Zach, which the, the, the coaching staff didn't ask him to do a whole lot. But really, last year or the year before, you wouldn't have been able to do that with him because he couldn't hit the short stuff, right? You know, we saw time and again with him throwing balls in the dirt on, on passes that anyone, you know, any one of us could make. So, you know, while on the one hand you think, well, they didn't ask him to do much, you also at the same time have to acknowledge the fact that they asked him to do something that he's really not been able to do consistently since getting drafted, and he did it pretty well tonight. He didn't really have – he may have had one bad throw on a, on a screen. I, I can't even recall. I think there was one that was questionable, but a lot of the stuff was was right on the money. He had one that he hit um, right over the middle. with It was immediate pressure in his face, and, you know, right before he got hit, he got rid of the ball hit Brees Hall, and that was probably, to me, one of his more impressive plays of the night because I'm, I'm sort of, you know, hung up on his his tendency to to abandon pressure or abandon the pocket when there isn't any pressure. Um, And we didn't see, we haven't seen that a lot from him in the preseason, which was something I thought was a good sign of improvement. And then we saw it tonight. You know, he he bailed when he had to because there, w- there were plenty of instances where he was under pressure. But, you know, he did show some growth, but he still has to do a lot of things a lot better. Um, But, you know, uh, Jordan Whitehead, he said after the game, he was asked by the press, have you ever had a three-interception game in your life? And he said, I've, I've never had a two-interception game in my life. So this is, I mean, literally the first time he's ever had more than one pick in a game. And to do it, you know, at home in a big spot like this was absolutely huge. You mentioned Gibson, of course, a guy who, you know, really just trying to make a name for himself, trying to trying to show that he deserved that roster spot and you know, not only does he come up with a big return, but he comes up with the return with, a, a, you know, a huge touchdown to close things out. So really just a thrilling game. And yeah, a lot of a lot of bizarre stuff where, you know, if, if someone, as you said, if someone told you the guys had to step up, you know, to win, you'd think, that, you know, there's no way. And, you know, by the same token, if somebody says, look, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw one pass and then miss the rest of the game against the Bills. Who, let's face it, the Bills are a good team. Um, so for the Jets to come out without Rodgers and find a way to beat this team is it was a really impressive win and and there were some guys who did some really good things. The defense played really well, obviously, you know. And I, I I'll tell you what though, once Buffalo hit that field goal to tie it, the fifty yarder that hit the, hit the upright and still went in, I just thought, you know what, this this game wasn't meant to be. Like they, they, they're just they're, they're going to find a way to lose, and you know you're almost numb. Like once Rodgers got hurt. Like, I wouldn't say I didn't care about the game, but I was just kind of staring at it for, I guess, for a little while before I was able to really get back into it because it was like that that numbness that, you know, we've seen this with, with, with Vinny rupturing his Achilles. We saw it with Favre, who, you know, Favre didn't miss time, but tearing his biceps and him falling apart down the stretch in a big season. So it's, you know, we've been here before for those of us who've been a- around as long as you and I have, Scott. But this one, it was certainly the contributions from up and down the roster and in some places where you'd least expect it. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Credit to Robert Sala, too, by the way, for keeping this team together after everything that you could have imagined went wrong early on. I will say it was funny because I don't know if you've ever seen the movie A League of Their Own, Glenn, but there's a little kid in the movie named Stillwell. He's the son of one of the players on the team. And his whole thing is he would jump out and start yelling, you're going to lose, you're going to lose. And then at one point, Tom Hanks goes, we're going to win. 
we're gonna win and he throws a glove and hits him in the head and everybody starts laughing now the irony of course is that in the end they lost in the championship game but I felt it when the Jets scored that touchdown to tie the game I sat in my seat and I said like Tom Hanks in the league of their own they're gonna win they're gonna win and they ended up winning this game in like I said the most insane fashion you could possibly imagine and so now we talk about more of the nuts and bolts we talked about the offensive side of the ball though we should say the offensive line obviously did okay blocking for Brees Hall but the pass protection not the best in the world and we'll see how that goes going forward a bit of a work in progress this might have been the best game of Quincy Williams career he was all over the place tonight Looked absolutely fantastic. Jermaine Johnson had himself a sack. The Jets had five sacks in total. One for Jermaine Johnson, two for Quentin Jefferson, one for John Franklin Myers, one for Al Woods. We also saw a really impressive game from DJ Reed, who had 10 tackles and was generally pretty good. We'll say, and we got to be honest here, Sauce Gardner, not his best game. This was probably, in fact, his worst game as a pro so far. Stefan Diggs got the better of him more often than he didn't. Stefan Diggs had over 100 yards. It wasn't all against Sauce, but Sauce had some big problems with Diggs at different points in this game. It's going to happen. Stefan Diggs is one of the best receivers in football, and so even the best corners are going to have their issues. We saw it happen with Patrick Sertan against Devontae Adams, for example, in the game the Broncos played against the Raiders the other day. So as great as Sauce is, nobody's perfect. Stefan Diggs is awesome. And sometimes a guy like Diggs is just going to get the better of even the best cornerbacks in the NFL. So Glenn, the defense played a really impressive game overall. Although, like I said, Sauce, his weakest game. But ultimately, the Bills just had so much trouble getting anything done. Josh Allen four turnovers the fumble the three interceptions all to Jordan Whitehead you could not have asked for a better performance from this defense considering the circumstances hats off to Jeff Ulbrich and of course to Robert Sala for a job well done here on that front yeah with, with Sauce having as you said probably his worst game as a pro I it's 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 almost funny because when he played as well as he did last year I kind of I, you know you think oh he's a corner he's young it's a tough position he started out so strong. I spent a lot of last year saying, like, well, he's going to have a bad game. Like, it's coming. Like, nobody's perfect. He's facing elite receivers every week. He's going to have a game where he gives up a ton of catches. And it just never happened. You kind of got spoiled by it, you know? And you just think, all right, well, the, I guess the guy is just that good. He's, you know, he spent an entire year not really getting beat. Um, and then he opens up this, you know, week one this year with the performance that I thought he would have had at one point last year. Because, you know, and, and I, I had some back and forth, some banter with some Bills fans this week. And, oh, you know, look at, you know, Stefan had this catch against Sauce. And, and I, I just said, he's, he's Stefan Diggs. He's going to get catches. Like, when I say Sauce Gardner is one of the top corners in the NFL, I'm not saying he will never give up another catch for the rest of his life. Like, everyone gives up catches. But Sauce, again, I think a lot of, you know, and this this is something that, you know, bear out once the All-22 was available. Um I suspect a lot of what happened was, you know, Sauce giving Stephon Diggs the normal cushion that you would give a player of his ability and Buffalo just taking what was there and saying, you know, we're going to hit you on an eight-yard slant, a seven-yard slant. Because, you know, he had he had the one 18-yarder, but really on the day he was around 10 yards a catch. Even on, You take away the, the his big catch of 18, and he was probably a, you know, eight-and-a-half, nine-yard per catch day, which is well below uh, Stephon Diggs' average. So... 
He did get the catches, but there were no big plays. They didn't really try for the big plays. But the front seven was as advertised, which was so much fun to watch. I mean, imagine, and I said this to someone a few weeks ago when uh, when Carl Lawson's back was acting up. I said, uh, you know, if I would have told you a couple of years ago this team would add Carl Lawson and that if he was going to miss a game, you would just shrug and go, okay. Like, it's not, they have so much depth there that without Carl Lawson, they had five sacks and eight quarterback hits and a bunch of quarterback or a bunch of tackles for loss. And they're just so deep and they're that good that it's, you know, it's nice. And you're seeing it coming from everywhere. You're seeing it from the edges. You're seeing it up the middle. They just have so much talent up there that, you know, it's, it, it, you think back to the days when it was Leonard Williams and Quentin Cobles and Snacks Harris and all these guys where it was all hype, 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 but they never really lived up to it, you know, other than that opening game against the Bengals, which was actually also a 9-11 game when they had seven sacks but lost. But you look at this D-line and you like I you have every reason to believe that they're going to they're going to live up to all the hype. Glenn after the game we heard from Robert Sala and he talked about Aaron Rodgers' injury and what it could mean. They fear an Achilles tear and everybody's feeling is that's what it is and if it is an Achilles tear not only does that mean the end of Aaron Rodgers season but it very likely means the end of his career and I know a lot of people will say Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go out like that I'm sure he doesn't but he's been very clear many times about the fact that he's going to take it year to year based on what his body is capable of and a 40 year old man especially a quarterback playing a game like football trying to recover from an Achilles tear That's something that is nearly impossible. In fact, Luke Grant, who of course does all the great film breakdowns over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet, talked about how prime Kevin Durant had enough trouble recovering from an Achilles tear. So think about what a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers is going to have to go through to recover from an Achilles tear. I'm not saying it's impossible. I just think it's very unlikely, and I can't think of anybody who is a 40-year-old athlete at that level that was able to recover from an injury that severe. So we'll see, but right now, I assume that this is probably the end for Aaron Rodgers. And so what does that mean in the short run and the long run? In the short run, it means that this is Zach Wilson's team, and that's just the reality. We can sit here and talk about other options. I know Connor Hughes over at SNY tweeted out a couple of names, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Colt McCoy, Joe Flacco, Nick Foles. That's all fine, but none of those guys is going to be doing anything. We all saw Joe Flacco last year. What good is he really going to do? He's basically a corpse at this point, if we're being honest about it. And so any of those guys that gets brought in is just going to be the backup to Zach Wilson. At this point, you ride with Wilson, you see what you have, and you hope for the best because there's really no other alternative. It's not like you're going to be able to get some quality starting quarterback either out of retirement on the waiver wire or via trade no one's trading you a good quarterback at this point so I think that's what you're looking at as far as where the Jets go from here at quarterback as far as the long run let's see what Zach Wilson's able to do look we talked about this Glenn I thought he made strides tonight he looked more confident yes he threw the bad interception and his box score stats didn't look great and he wasn't asked to do a ton but When he had to step up and make those plays, he stepped up and made those plays, and that's something that he really wasn't able to do before this year. So we'll see if he can continue to do that, and they can slowly build him up. If he can, then maybe they pick up the fifth-year option, and maybe all is not lost with Zach Wilson. Remember, Aaron Rodgers now being hurt means that I'm sure he'll take a very active role in helping him and trying to turn him into the quarterback that they still said they believed he could be. 
Now, is this ideal? No. And a lot of people have been texting me and DMing me saying they can't go with Zach Wilson. I can't get excited about Zach Wilson the rest of the season. I got news for you. That's all there is. So either learn to get excited about it or don't because there's no other path forward for the Jets at this point at quarterback, really. Unless you think that the answer is getting somebody like Colt McCoy, bringing back Joe Flacco, getting Nick Foles or Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz. You know there's no way any of those guys is going to be able to do anything for the Jets. The only thing you can hope for is that the defense keeps playing well. Brees Hall keeps running well. Dalvin Cook helps him as the second guy. Garrett Wilson keeps making big-time plays. And Zach Wilson slowly but surely gets more and more comfortable and starts to play better and better. That's the only realistic option that the Jets have in the short term. And in the long term, we'll see. If Zach Wilson doesn't take any steps forward and the Jets decide they have to move on from him, then we'll see what they try to do in the offseason. Do they go after another veteran? Do they try to make a move in the draft and trade up for a quarterback if they win too many games to be in position to draft one of the better ones? We'll see because now, obviously, if Rodgers is out, that's one silver lining from this. It's not something you would have wanted to see, but now the Jets will retain their first-round pick in 2024, so if they want to try and get a quarterback, they do have that as ammunition to do something. So that's really where you're at right now at quarterback with the Jets. Salas said they're going to wait to find out for sure, but everybody thinks it's an Achilles tear. He even said at the presser today it's not good. And Dwayne Brown said that he went up to Aaron Rodgers after the game, said he felt for him, and that he loved him. I will say, though, there was one quote that I laughed at beyond Aaron Rodgers in the presser, Glenn. And that was Garrett Wilson saying he wanted to thank his mom for making him take ballet classes as a kid, which enabled him to be able to make that catch in the end zone, which really was an incredible catch. And Garrett Wilson is just a premium talent. The Jets finally have two premium talents when you talk about the skill positions. They've got Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, who look like they could both potentially be top five at their position for the next bunch of years. So everything else aside... That's absolutely something for Jets fans to get excited about this year and going forward, too. So, Glenn, your thoughts on everything surrounding the quarterback situation, what was said by Robert Sala, and then, of course, the funny comment by Garrett Wilson about taking ballet classes as a kid. Yeah, I think given the, um, you know, given how good this defense is, and we saw it last year, right? And we saw, we all remember, you know, down the stretch, this team couldn't find the end zone with Zach Wilson at quarterback, and it was frustrating because the defense was playing obviously playing well enough to win some games. Um, and I think Zach is going to get an, another shot now. And Zach has a lot he has to work on. I know that people, you know, Twitter is a wonderful place for people to overreact to everything you say. But, you know, I've said a couple times now that I think we've seen from Zach this offseason or this preseason that he has gotten better. Um, and for some reason, when you say Zach has gotten better, people interpret that as you saying Zach is absolutely perfect and without, you know, is flawless. And they freak out. Um, but he is what he is. He's a guy with a lot of talent who played terrible last year, who did some things in the preseason that suggested he was getting better. And now he's going to get a chance to show it with, you know, in, in, in live action. And I think the Jets, I, I believe Robert Sala, when he says that Zach is the guy right now, I don't think they're going to run out and grab a quarterback. I think if anything, they'll give it till, till the to trade deadline. And if Zach isn't playing well and it, and they feel like, you know, we've all talked about how that back end of the schedule, those last nine, ten games, aren't against very good quality opponents. If they feel like, you know what, Zach has been so bad, 
but we're in position to, you know, if they're going to make a move for a quarterback, it'll be at the deadline. It won't be now. Zach is right now the quarterback for this team. He's going to get an opportunity. And if if he doesn't have, you know, uh, a, a collapse and a meltdown, I think he's the guy for the rest of the season. Um, the one, you know, I and I hate to even say this because obviously the Rodgers news is catastrophic. Right? But the silver lining is what you mentioned, Scott, is that, and you know, I tweeted out a couple months ago when people went bonkers and got mad at me. Um, you know, I said, look, like, here's the doomsday scenario, right? Aaron Rodgers plays well for seven, eight weeks, then gets hurt, misses the rest of the season and has to retire, and the Jets don't have a one. Well, all of that looks to have happened with the exception of the Jets losing the one. As you said, ACL or, you know, pr- sorry, ruptured Achilles for a guy his age, there's a good chance he's done. If he is done, the Jets at least now have that one to likely go out and get a quarterback after the season, you know, come draft time and try to replace him. Whereas if he had played enough games, then they wouldn't have that one. So you hate to look for silver linings in on a day when you just lost the damn Hall of Fame quarterback who you thought could get you to the Super Bowl. Um, it's just it's crushing. It's a crushing blow. But Zach's the guy, and get behind him or don't. But you know, don't don't expect the team to go out and and make a blockbuster deal for a quarterback because really. Anyone with a good quarterback is either starting them or they're holding on to them right now because everybody's in it. You know, come deadline time, if there's a team that's two and four, two and five, and, you know, they're looking to make a deal, fine, you can talk. But as of right now, Zach's the guy. Uh, Garrett Wilson, at you know, great having, you know, we hear the term thrown around a lot, right? Difference maker, playmaker. But when you have guys who actually fit that description, it is such a luxury. And and th- listen, the, 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 the ballet thing, is is not it's not a new thing, right? Was it Walter Payton? I think talked about how he took um, ballet or or mm-hmm. something like that as a kid, and and that's why he was so light on his feet. It may have been Payton. It was it was a, a running back. I forget who, um, years ago. But reading about how it's saying that taking ballet early in life, you know, people may have given him a hard time because he was a boy, but he said that made me so good on my feet that it translated it later in life. I was a you know this it was a Hall of Fame running back, so. It's it's funny to hear him say it, but you know it, it, it's he's definitely not the first guy who's uh, who took a class like that and it ends up benefiting him in the pros. Glenn Naughton, editor, Jet Nation. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about the Jets' big victory over the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football in their 2023 regular season debut, 22-16 in overtime. As you said, bittersweet because the Jets won the battle, but they may very well have lost the war because Aaron Rodgers appears to be out for the season. And as we said, who knows if he ever returns. Now the team is turned over to Zach Wilson. They're 1-0 with him so far this year. Can he continue to make strides? Can he continue to step up and make plays when he needs to make them? Can the defense continue to be the star of the team and ensure that Zach Wilson doesn't have to do a ton, just has to do enough to get the Jets into position to score some points in key spots? If they can do that, and if Zach Wilson can actually do what I just said, on a regular basis and be more consistent, this team may still have a shot at the playoffs. I don't know about Super Bowl contender, but they very well may have a shot at the playoffs because anytime you have a defense this good, an offensive playmaker is this good, if you have even reasonably competent quarterback play, then the team will be in contention for a playoff spot. We saw it last year, and Zach Wilson was very bad last year. The Jets still came very close to getting into the playoffs. They were in it very late in the season. If Wilson can play at a competent level this year, then the Jets may very well have a shot at the playoffs. If he can't, 
then they won't, and they'll have to figure out what they're going to do at the end of the season and go in another direction. But as you said, as painful as the Aaron Rodgers injury is, the one silver lining is that at least they get to keep that first-round pick. So now if they need to pick a quarterback or trade up for a quarterback, they have that in place to be able to use as a chip, either in a trade or to outright pick the guy. Glenn, really appreciate you coming on. Make sure you check out everything that Glenn's been doing over at JetNation.com and check out everything we've been doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Some awesome All-22 breakdowns up on our channel. So watch those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless you. Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. TPublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public. Com, and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. <laughs>